Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover, and we're so glad you've chosen to listen in to us today and and hopefully pick up a few things for your marriage and your family. And um, it's a it's a nice day here in uh, the foothills of North Georgia. That's right. It's very, beautiful. Very beautiful. It's starting to cool off a little bit, which is awesome. Um, the days are still heating up pretty pretty warm like 86 but it's kind of a nice but in the morning breeze man when it, so bonnie and i will get up um we'll get up probably i don't know six six thirty yeah uh usually something like that and uh give or take and um and man when i walk out on the porch in the morning mm-hmm. it's cold it's like in the 50s yeah i've it's been awesome. putting on a sweatshirt or a jacket when i get up in the mornings awesome. and but, you know, we are in Georgia, so by noon, we got to go to short sleeves. Yeah. So, it's it's just that time. Like that. today, I'm wearing a long sleeve, like, mm-hmm. t-shirt, sweatshirt with shorts. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. But but we uh, we are talking about the weather for a reason. So, um, so we used to, uh, you know, our kids used to be in, in public school, and then about a year ago, we took them out and started homeschooling. And so, it went from crazy mornings of getting them out of bed at 6, 6.30, rushing out the door. It's what most people are living right now. We don't have to describe it. Most of you know how it is, right? It's this morning rush that is, let's go, let's go. It was a fight. It had gotten to be, I know, a fight for, you know, just get your lunch, get this, get that. And it was, the days were always aggravating yeah and then i would try to put in something spiritual right in the car yeah in the car they're they're probably already in a mood Uh uh-huh and then you want to you know put in something spiritual we try to do a little devotional well we let's back up we've been doing that for years though we had a devotion book and we would read it at breakfast or if um if you weren't there with us or you had to be in early or something then we would read it or well, actually, not when they were little. Before, once they got to where they could read, I'd have them read it yeah. on the way to school, and just you try kind of to pray, slip in a little prayer there. Yeah, yeah, and I always pray over their day before they get out of the car, and it just doesn't work out well when you're like so mad and like, dear God, just let them have a good day at school, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, so, and they get out of the car, and then I'm just like so mad the rest of the morning. But um, I will say that that has solved. I remember my friend used to tell me when she homeschooled, she said that was the worst part of the day. And it's so nice to not have to fight with that. And I'm, and I get it now. Oh man, the mornings now, well, and cause I'm working from here from the farm. Yeah. And so the mornings are lovely, yep, right? They uh, really are. And so we'll get up and we'll yeah. usually work out and then have our coffee and then do whatever we need to do. And then get the kids up. <laughs> Don't let your, if you're listening to this or your kids are in school, don't tell them what time our kids get up. Our kids will get up about 8.30. Yeah. And then uh, and then 9 o'clock, we meet on the porch. Yep. Except for now, all this coming back to the weather, it's gotten too chilly to sit on the front yeah, porch. We got to get some porch heaters or something. Yeah. It's too nice out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so we have now what we call front porch devotionals. And I will say, what was my least favorite time of the day has now become my favorite time of the day. For sure. 
for sure. Um, and that's, I think part of it is because they've gotten old enough now that they're both in middle school where we can actually go a little deeper than we did before. And um, we would, in the past, we would just read like a little small family devotional or something like that. And, and now we, I just really felt convicted. Um, I'd been leading a, a Bible study, an in-depth Bible study for a while. And I would study and prepare for hours and hours, um, several hours a week for that to lead that one hour. And I felt like there was no bandwidth left for me yeah. to be able to prepare to invest in the people closest to me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's what right now I feel the most called to and also need the most energy for because mm-hmm. it's not an easy task. Well, and we don't have we don't have much longer with them. No, no. So five, six years is all we've got. Or less when they start driving, they're not going to want to be here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, in I could siphon gas out of there. I mean, I can figure out ways. <laughs> yeah, but in uh, before school started, it we just I just felt convicted. We need to. Um, I just want to pour more time into that. So I gave up my ladies' Bible study to be able to invest in this, and it's been awesome. Um, just having more time. It really has. And so we'll meet. Uh, we'll meet. Uh, we'll all you know gather on the porch. Uh, thus the name, Front Porch Devotionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll gather on the porch about nine. And uh, and really what we wanted to do with that was we just, we wanted to teach our kids how to read and study the Word of God for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to dig into the Word of God themselves. And, you know, we love Bible studies. Uh, we've written Bible studies. Uh, but so often we rely on what God said to somebody else. And I think a lot of times that comes, we use other people's studies. Um, I know our church does for small groups and all, um, mainly because it, it's hard to know what every one of your group leaders mm-hmm. that they're going to have be able to translate theology yeah. the way you would. And so yeah. it's better to have something that you've looked at and approved and okay, this is on the right track. But then a lot of other people, you know, in their devotionals want to use a devotional written by somebody else because we, we, and I feel, I felt this way too. And you have too. we've, we feel a little insecure mm-hmm. in our ability to read the Bible and get something from it because, man, I have people all the time. Someone just the other day, Hey, how, what's a good devotional or how can I study my Bible Mm-hmm. We just don't know if we know enough to know how to do that because it can be intimidating. Sure, absolutely. So we wanted with our front porch devotionals, we just wanted to teach our kids how to read the Bible mm-hmm. uh, in its simplicity and allow the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to to teach them with a little guidance from mom and dad. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what we started doing. We started just reading. We, we were going to read a chapter a day, but we then we found, you know, sometimes a whole chapter, there's so much good stuff, like in, in one parable, and there might be three different parables in a chapter. So we said, so let's just take it, you know, day by day and see where we, how far we get. And if it, something really stands out, we'll stop and really mm-hmm. talk about it. And we just start reading. And when everybody's got their Bibles open and we read down through the chapter or however far we get. And I think it's interesting. We bought... Um we bought the kids had some Bibles, but we went out and got them a nice study Bible mm-hmm. um, and let them pick it out, and uh, that kind of and got their name engraved on the front. Kind of marked the experience to you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they they thought that was nice. 
And uh, and the study Bible has some commentary at the bottom. That's what's nice about a study Bible. And so if you don't understand a verse, you can just kind of look down below, and there's probably a little commentary about it. And uh, it has some footnotes and all that. And so um, so we we really want them to, you know, Josie has a phone, we have phones, but we really try to read out of our paper Bible. And um, why do you think that's important, Vaughn? Um, well, at some point, digital stuff, you might not be able to get your hands on it. I mean, for one thing, if a wi- if web Wi-Fi's down or things like that, you can't get your hands on it. But also just having the written word in front of you there is, is important. But we've also been getting wind of the fact that Bible, there's going to be some AI politically correct rewriting of the Bible. Yeah, and that's not conspiracy theory. I mean, we all know AI is on yeah. the rise, and we all know that um, – Whatever you think about the end times or last days or whatever, we know it ain't good for Christians, and we believe we're on the cusp of that mm-hmm. in the last few minutes of of uh, of this thing. And uh, but we've also read a lot of articles that the Bible will be written by AI, and um, and that's not from conspiracy theory circles. That's no, from yeah. pretty the well, horse from the horse's mouth. Oh yeah, and. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, so we thought it was important for the kids to have paper Bibles that they mm-hmm. can read from and study from. And, uh, which and to is, know where things are in context. Because if you're looking at something digitally, you can't yes. flip through and see where does this fall and, and stuff like that. So It's just a good habit. Yep. So anyway, we started in Matthew and then we went on to Acts and we've been reading and we're still in Acts reading. And it was so neat because we were reading about... Um, just some of the things that were happening in the first church and how there would be miracles happening. And we were talking about that. And so we would just read through and just say, you know, kind of give our own little commentary, this cool that this was happening. And then we just asked them, do you think that healing and miracles actually still happen today? And Mm -hmm. we let them talk about it and, and we kind of left it open-ended, but here's, here's something really cool. We would just want to share with you guys something that happened that came out of that. So in the meantime, I had, I found out like, you know, a week or a couple weeks ago that I had a hernia and it's the kind of hernia that will not go back in by itself or by just resting. It's, it's one that had to be surgically handled. And, um, so I had been to two doctors, they confirmed it. I mean, it was obvious. You could see it. It was oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And, um, I actually diagnosed it yeah. the morning you woke up and I was like, I Ooh. think you got still a hernia. Yeah, yep. So anyway, we so we prayed just for the pain to go away. I'm not a medical professional though. No, but it was obvious. <laughs> Pretty obvious. So anyway, we were praying about the surgery and all that. So anyway, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know there's been some pretty crazy stuff happened here at our farm. And if you don't, go back and listen to episode 85 because we tell uh, a bunch of crazy, huge God stories. But yeah. anyway, so our kids have seen all of that in the last couple of years, which is really cool. But um, we were preparing for my surgery, and I have to say, I had a moment because the insurance, I saw the insurance was giving us the estimates and all that, and I was like, oh my gosh. This, this is going to be about seven grand. Out of pocket. I'm like, wow, okay. Nobody's prepared to just get it one day. Okay, you're going to have a $7,000 bill come in in the next couple of weeks. I'm like, oh man. Not in our tax bracket. No, no, no. Anyway, so... um Josie, that day, I was just kind of having a day. I was just kind of down, and, you know, you get in those, wow, moments where you're just, ugh. And I'd shared it with you, and Josie came back in the room. She's like, what's going on? And you kind of told her what was going on. And it was the it was crazy because Josie, being 14, said, Mama, 
how long have y'all been married? 27 years? I said, yes. She said, don't you always tell me? Hadn't you always said that in 27 years, God's never let you down? He always provides. I said, go to your room. Stop talking to us. You've never <laughs> like, paid for anything. You don't know anything. I'm like, wow, yes. No, that was yes. very humbling. It was, and it was a great reminder. And I'm like, yes, I'm just having a minute. You're right. That's true. And and then I just began to pray, Lord, change my heart, change my attitude. And he did. And so the week passes, and we're praying about this surgery. So I get to the day, and I go in. You're back there with me. They had already hooked up my IV when you came back, and they're they give me some Advil and some pain medicine. They had not started the any kind of anesthesia yet. But anyway, the doctor comes in as he does to kind of mark the spot where he's going to cut. And he starts looking for it. And I <laughs> knew that morning, I was like, did it just kind of shrink? What? I, I was having a hard time finding it. But I'm thinking, well, he's the expert. He'll find it because it's there. He he starts trying to find the spot. And he's like, um, it was this side, wasn't it? And I said, yeah. He yeah. said, I said it, it's not there now. It's, it's, it's gone. gone. I'm like, what you mean, Doc? <laughs> what you mean it's gone? And he kept feeling. He said, stand up. And he kept trying to find it. He of course, said, this is the right time for him to say it's yes, gone. Yes. It, and cut yet. But it's it's not there. It was it was miraculously healed. He started trying to figure out some medical ways to explain that it wasn't there. He did. But, wow. And he so said, these I, don't, these I, don't I suck said, back in. So I said, okay, so... Um, he's like, well, I don't know, maybe it was this. And this guy, listen, he's not in his in his 20s or 30s. This guy's in his 60s. He's done thousands of these yeah. types of surgeries. And um, so for him, it's, you know, it's a routine, r- routine run the mill. And I said, so what do you do? And he said, I'm not operating on you. No, there's nothing. He said, there. there's nothing to operate on. And... Uh, and so I'm like, so we can go? He goes, well, yeah, they'll need to come. I mean, you were prepped. You had IV. Yeah. You had the warm blanket on, the fuzzy slippers, and the funny robe. Yep. And uh, you were ready. Yeah. And, and the and anesthesiologist already come back. Yep. And so, I mean, this is, you know, we're here ready it's to be wheeled, wheeled yeah. out of the room. And uh, so this nurse comes in and starts taking out your IV. and She's baffled. She's baffled. She's like, I, this is crazy. I said, what do you mean crazy? She goes, I've never seen this. I've never seen anybody in pre-op get off the table and just walk out and go home. <laughs> she says, it's never happened. And I said, seriously? She goes, no. And uh, and so then we walk out. Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, we're still like, scratching our heads. It's weird. It, you might as well have walked out of the tomb. Yeah. The way those nurses at the nurse's station were looking at us. Yeah. Like, what's going on? I know. They were and, in shock. And an angel appeared and said, do not be afraid. No, <laughs> but I, I mean, I said. An angel appeared and said, said, do not bill them. That's right. Well, I did. I did ask the doctor. I said, so, or I said to you, I said, this is all nice until they come in and. Charges. Give us a bill for these two hours and these fuzzy slippers. Yeah. And so then the lady from billing comes in and says, hey, um, so we didn't do the surgery, so we're just going to cancel it from the top down and act like y'all weren't even here today. Yeah. So go home. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy the medicine you got and <laughs> keep the slippers. And yeah. I'm like, are you serious? She goes, yeah. I mean, I can't bill you for something, you know. Yeah. And we were there for two hours easily. And uh, so we walk out, and the nurses are dumbfounded. And I, yeah. I just kind of said, I said, listen, if God can create the human body, he can mm-hmm. heal it. That's right. And That's they right. were like, amen, brother. I know. And it, uh, But it, it was, was incredible. so powerful when we called 
Josie. Yeah. We called her to say, we're coming so, home So we're now. in the car, the doctor parked next to us, and he goes and gets in his car, and we get in ours and call the kids. Yeah. And and they're thinking, she said, no, wait, what? You're kidding. You're teasing. And we're like, no, we're not kidding. And so we, she starts FaceTime calling us. So she's Just like, to make sure. Make sure. And I don't know what that says about our uh, relationship <laughs> with the kids that they... They don't trust. No, but <laughs> maybe, it, we, maybe we joked. She sat there with her mouth wide open, just in shock. Mm-hmm. She's like, "It's healed. It's healed." Colby, come here. Come. And we weren't this. so concerned about. It wasn't a major surgery, so we weren't really as concerned about the cutting as we were the billing. Yeah, the money. Right. And uh, and either way, neither happened. That's right. And so, what a powerful thing for our kids. To see after we just the week before talked about, does God still do miracles? And they saw, they saw a miracle. Mm -hmm. So these miracles that, I mean, what happened that day really left us with some big impressions. And I think it really became more powerful. The, the reason behind why we've been studying God's word with our, with our kids, these, these morning devotions came alive. Mm -hmm. So we we do want to share some of that with you because if you're able to make a daily investment like this or even, I mean, even if you can't, if you're not all together every day, if you can do it more often than not. Well, yes. And, and, and I want to say not everybody has our no. situation. We yeah. all have different situations. So us, you know, we live on a farm and we homeschool and I work from home too. So mm-hmm. we have that ability to do that. But... um but we did have to do some intentional things in our lives to be able to do that. Yes. You gave up your women's Bible study and then I gave up my men's group mm-hmm. um, that I've done for, you know, I've done men's groups for 15 years yep. um, to be able to carve out time yeah. because Colby is what we didn't say is I'm doing a year of discipleship with Colby. And part of that was reading through the new Testament. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you asked, Hey, can Josie and I jump on that? And yeah. we do that in the morning together as a family. Yeah. And I said, yeah. So we did have to carve out some time yes. to do that. And right. uh, and you might have to uh, renegotiate some of life or get rid of some things so that uh, to get rid of some good things so that you can do the great thing. Because yep. I'm saying this, getting in the word of God with your kids is the great thing. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a lot of good things you have in your life, but it may not, it's not going to be better than that. And especially if you have kids, you only have them for this short season. Uh, even 18 years is a short season. So um, so even if you don't you know, homeschool and work from home, you still can do this if it's not every day. Even maybe if it's, it's once, a, once week. a week. And I tell you what really, really stood out and, and made this hit home was we had uh, we did a marriage retreat not, off, not long ago. And uh, in the marriage retreat, we do couple discussion and breakout. So we'll mm-hmm. teach a little bit and then give the couple some time to discuss. And we thought that's very important to put in our teaching. Well, um, the pastor said, he said, you know, I was talking with one of our couples and she said, my husband and I have been married for you know 15 years and we've never had a conversation about our marriage. Mm. She said this weekend was the first time we sat down and just got in and talked about us. Wow. And I think that happens so often in families with kids mm-hmm. is um, we have very low expectations 
for our um, kids and for our parenting, which I think we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but we do that with our kids. We, we get so crazy. We let life get so crazy, whether it be school or whether it be activities or mm-hmm. whether it be running here and here, or maybe you got five kids or three kids and life's crazy and we don't have those conversations, those heart conversations right. around the word of God. Right. And so um, to kind of preface that, I think uh, making room for this has got to be a priority. Uh, a priority, even if it's once a week. Yeah. Twice a week, three times a week. It's probably more than you're doing now. Yep. But I'll, I'll say what, what happened with us recently reminded us of a few things. One is that those daily investments of God's word are really are starting to pay off yeah. and they're becoming real to our kids. And mm-hmm. we started this when they were really little with the daily, I, I know, I think I got school into drive it, devotions. Yeah. The school drive devotions. And I think Christmas when we started doing like a, a daily thing in December for Christmas one mm-hmm. year really spurned that on because they loved it and yeah. were so connected to that. I was like, why are we not doing this all year? So start with something at your kid's age level, you know, that it builds that foundation for their faith. So we're seeing it become real now. We're seeing it, the connection between his word and daily life. Mm-hmm. And so the second thing is that there's, I think we saw how much power there was in being vulnerable with them and letting them see God at work in us. Yeah. And a lot of times as parents, we try to put up this front that, hey, we're the parents, we have it figured out. Yeah. And there are some, there's a lot of stuff our kids don't need to know or they don't need to know the intricacies of our adult life. Um, But I do think that it's it's a wise and a good thing to allow them to see some of our fears Mm -hmm. and some of our worries and some of our concerns yeah. And in how God comes to the rescue in those situations. Yeah, I remember. And being vulnerable. Yep. This time was a great example, but I remember last year. For me, it seems like provision always hits me hard. And last year, Colby had to have an MRI on his knee, and they called to tell me how much that was going to be out of pocket. And the kids were in the car, so it was on speakerphone. They heard it when I was driving, and I was like, oh. And they were like, oh, wow. And I said, you know what? Let's pray about it right now because I, I was stressing I was, they saw, and I said, let's pray because God's going to provide. And I didn't know where it was going to come from. And the crazy thing was two days later, I got a check in the mail that more than covered that. And I was able to tell them, look what God did. And they were like, we just prayed that. I'm like, yes. So when they see us um, put God to the test in those things that are, he says to test him into test and see that you can't outgive me. And we're going to continue to give to God, even when it hurts and it's hard and God will always provide. He, he comes through and they see that. And man, you talk about core memories with kids, those yeah. memories that will stay with them forever. Those are the kind of core memories our kids need. Mm-hmm. They don't need, you know, other stuff that we try to, you know, make as important, but those are the kind of core memories they need so i think there is power in being vulnerable with them and then and then see allowing them to see god come through for them i think another thing is that when we set aside time for those those front porch devotionals or whatever you want to call it is that god's word becomes the standard for living and judges attitudes yeah you know well i think we I know in the past we have, well, we often slip back into that um, tendency to just discipline and 
move on. Mm-hmm. But for them to see why we are disciplining a certain action to say, look, this is, look, God's word says this is sin. And they're reading this word that we're reading. Mm-hmm. And I remember there were a few things recently that they, we read something and say, look, this is why we punished you for that. Because mm-hmm. Jesus said, yeah. you shouldn't do this. Or this is an attitude of the heart that is not pleasing to God. And they were able to see for themselves where Jesus said that this is not pleasing to him and that it hurts the heart of God. And so for us to make the connection in the moment of we discipline because this is why we've set this rule or this standard for our family. No, we didn't just make it up because it sounded good. Mm-hmm. They're seeing on paper the things that we've said before. And in the and in the future, we hope that those will begin to be the things that convict them when we're not looking. Yeah, and, and Hebrews 4.12 says, it says, for the word of God is alive and it's active. That right there, it's, it's the only book that is alive mm-hmm. and active. We had an old preacher friend of ours say, man, sometimes I feel like when I look at the Bible, it's like I can see its chest moving, it's breathing, mm-hmm. and that it's, it's alive. And it says that it's sharper than any, uh, any double-edged sword, that it penetrates it's like a, a surgeon's scalpel, you mm-hmm. know, it's sharp, as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, mm-hmm. joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the importance of pouring the Word of God in ourselves, but in our kids as well. Well, that becomes, over time, as they study it for themselves and, and the Holy Spirit becomes real to them, then they learn to wrestle with the Holy Spirit on an issue because mm-hmm. God's word said it, not because we said it. And I, I think sometimes as parents, we set the standard. And you said it a few minutes ago. So we set a standard or a rule low so that they can attain it. Mm-hmm. But I read something recently and I was going back reading through a book that I've read before just in parenting. And he was talking about how that we don't set that standard. We, so we need to... Let our kids see God's word and his standard is high and allow them to see that they fall short of that Mm -hmm. because we need God to be able to live out his, his life through us. We can't Mm -hmm. do it. It's too hard. And we, if we make it so easy that they can attain it on their own, they will never see their need for a savior. Well, and and a lot of our Christian culture now has watered down the word of God so much that it's so... Uh, self-focused it's so me focused Mm -hmm. you know and you can tell in a lot of even just your worship songs that you sing in church not all of them but some of them they're very very me focused and God is for me and he's about me and as I read through scripture it's pretty God focused and uh and so but yeah you're right I think the the bar of expectations that the world that we set for our kids is they you know Culture wants our kids to be nice mm-hmm. to each other, <laughs> and they want them to have good test scores, and they want them to get involved in a lot of activities. Those are the things that go on your college resume. That's exactly right. Yep. And uh, and that's a very self-indulgent world that our kids are growing up in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that bar is set so low, and we're... Spiritually, it's that low. We're teaching them to rely on talents and self-effort. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's no need for God. That's right. There's no 
place for God to come through and say, you need me. And we want them to learn to trust him and for things to get hard enough that they turn to him. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a case where they can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think the last thing that we've seen through this is that knowing God's word and understanding it for ourselves, it protects us and our family from deception. Um, because there's so much in this world right now that causes fear, that causes um, us to be self-focused, to, uh, it's hedonistic. It's mm-hmm. very much a get everything I can, it's focused on me, and you believe your truth and all that, but God's word is unchanging. And, I mean, Paul even wrote to the church uh, the in, when he was writing in Colossians to Colossae Church mm-hmm. to encourage them to, to stay true to God's word and to know the difference between truth and error. And that's mm-hmm. hard now because it's very slight difference mm-hmm. in the truth. Mm-hmm. And he said this, he said, my goal is that they, in, in Colossians 2, 2 through 5, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. I tell you this so that you won't be deceived from Mm -hmm. fine-sounding arguments. Know God's word so you're not deceived by the things. Man, stuff on social media is fine sounding it's it's it sure it's it's man that yeah that sounds good that sounds right if you don't know the truth it's a small leap to error which i i I like in verse three it says whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge Mm -hmm. it it doesn't just say it it has some treasures of wisdom knowledge it says Mm -hmm. all of them yeah other words it's enough yes you'll get everything all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge you can find there. Yep. In the same right, he says to, to the Ephesians in 5 verse 6 says, let no one deceive you with empty words. Mm-hmm. And if we know the truth, we'll be able to distinguish between the truth and error mm-hmm. and the truth and deception, the truth and lies. And the only way we can know the truth is just um, the the truth is to stay in God's word, but we won't know lies if we're not tethered to the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's you know. so. What what do we do when uh, for if you're listening today, Bonnie? What can our listeners do if they're afraid to start doing these types of devotionals or Bible readings with their kids because maybe they feel like they lack knowledge or maybe I just don't. I'm not going to be able to answer a question. Yeah, start small. Just. Just start something. Do something age appropriate that's going to engage your child. Maybe read a few verses. Just don't have to read a chapter a day. Mm-mm. Read a few verses a day. Read some old, t- if it's younger kids, read some Bible stories. And we do that a lot in Sunday school. Proverbs. They get some of that in Proverbs. Maybe one verse out of Proverbs is enough for little kids. Or find a little elementary um, aged you know, family devotional book that mm-hmm. you can read with them. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. And you can get those online. And, um, but then just keep it simple. Just find one chapter a day or just a few sentences and um, if, and maybe reword it to help them understand. And then 
recap what you read and then ask them, what does that mean to you? And and then ask the Holy Spirit to teach yes. you. And I think this is the this is the real crux for us is that we want back to self-effort. I want to be able to explain and understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not our job. Our that's job right. is to, to, to read and to study, and then the Holy Spirit will interpret that. Yes, to the Holy us Spirit and our children. Will, yes, will teach us and our children what that verse means. And so trust him. Yeah. Trust the Holy Spirit that he will. And just know that every day may not be this great, aha, mm-hmm. oh, man, mm-hmm. that's amazing mountaintop morning. You might just read it and say, okay, well, we were faithful today and trust that God's word will be implanted. And that's okay. That's enough. But then maybe three weeks in, you're going to have them say, man, I remember Colby said, man, that is so awesome. There was one verse we read, yeah, and he said, man, that's 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 even better than John 3.16. Yeah. And, uh, and it just, you saw this click, this connection for him. And it was maybe three or four weeks into reading. And, and so, then there's other days it's like herding cats. Absolutely. And expect <laughs> that too. A squirrel runs by and they are running. But then I think the last thing to know is just whatever you're doing, and just look for those opportunities to connect God's word to real life. Mm-hmm. That, that's when it really becomes real to them. For us to say, do miracles still happen today? And then to see one really happen? Mm-hmm. Wow. Or say, you know what? God is our provider. And to see him actually provide and give him glory when it happens those are the things they're always going to remember. Well, and those miracles are always happening. But yes. if we're not attuned to God's voice and we're not attuned to the Word of God and the yep. heart of God, we don't see them. So just simply by diving in the Word with your kids, you're gonna it's going to open your eyes to be able yes. to see those things all around you. That's right. So that's, right. that's, that's great. Well, I pray and I hope that you are able to start uh, some... Uh, Front porch devotionals. I don't know what you want to call it, what it'll look like, or how, what kind of, uh, what it takes on for you. But I really hope that if you have kids, or even if you don't have kids, just you and your spouse are able to dive in the Word of God together. And uh, and I, we want to hear your stories. Yes. So uh, if you begin this, and uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, about it so that we can share it and we can encourage other people. So feel free to email us at uh, daniel at themarriageadventure.com or bonnie at themarriageadventure.com or you can reach out on Instagram or Facebook at The Marriage Adventure. And you guys have a great week.